All right. First episode of 2021, episode 73 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Let's get into it, Sam. How was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? How's being back at Oregon? All of it. Uh, Christmas is great, man. I hope you and your family had a great Christmas. Uh, We didn't get to see each other, but that's totally fine. Uh, New Year's was uh, good. It was nice closing the chapter from 2020. Uh, I think there's definitely a perception going around that 2021 is supposed to be a better year. It's got to be a better year. It can't be worse. Right, Right, exactly. Uh, So I'm just happy getting into 2021, and Oregon stinks. I'm considering moving back immediately. Yeah. Might as well. California is nice. Sacramento, Roseville, it's a great place to live. Yeah, there's no. I don't have the ability to golf while I'm here. It's just such bad weather, and that's just awful. Yeah, delivering the other day when it was raining was uh, that was fun. That was fun. I swear, the only people who order packages are people who live on the second or third story of apartments. That's it. <laughs> Nobody on the bottom floor. Do you, they, to, I'm... do you have to bring an umbrella? When you go? No, I just I have my rain jacket. What about to protect the the package? Well, they get a little bit wet. <laughs> it's okay. You heard it here. It Amazon doesn't care about their packages. <laughs> it is okay. Yeah, for I I guess I didn't make it public on the podcast, but yeah, I got a job at Amazon as a delivery driver. Needed more hours and uh, needed more money, and my goodness, it provided both of them. Dog. Dom is here with us as well. Dom, how was your Christmas and how was your New Year's? Jason, Sam, good to be back. Uh, my Christmas and New Year's was phenomenal, but it was also very, um, very small. You know, just just me and my family. But that's kind of what's what's to be expected this year, obviously. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we we had a great, uh, a very blessed holiday, and um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I've just been a fan of. Uh, being home and, and uh, really enjoying the family time. And um, it, it was good. It was great. Uh, Dom, I got to put you on the spot real quick. Yes, sir. How much time do you have today to, uh, to spend with us? Um, I have time. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we've been trying to uh, get you to stick on for an entire show. And I think today would actually be a good one to keep you on for considering what Sam and I uh, are going to do after our little college talk. So if you'd like to stick around for the uh, rest of the show or as long as you can, then by all means, you're more than welcome to. Okay. Can, can I ask what it is? No, uh, no, no not that's... yet. Uh, are you no, kidding me, are you? That's a surprise. You know, get well, off the call. You know, are you, you kidding me? You yeah. come into our house and ask <laughs> what we're doing? Yeah, you know uh... – <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know why you know why sam because he's riding high from an alabama wide receiver winning a heisman trophy and alabama being in the uh the finals of the college football playoffs he's, he's feeling cocky is really what it is i don't know yeah. man justin fields might have something to say about that right Don? <laughs> <laughs> is that scary that justin fields guy is pretty scary huh we'll get into it all, all right, so, all right. So, yeah. Dom, I'll uh, I got some questions for you. So we'll just roll through this. First and foremost, Devontae Smith, right, won the Heisman. Was that the right call? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Also, I mean, what else do you expect me to say? But um, from a 
if I were to give you like a non-biased opinion, which is you know nearly impossible when you've got two players that are in the top four of the Heisman, um, Devonte Smith deserved this award. This goes to the best player in all of college football. It goes to the um, it goes to the most deserving for sure. I I would argue that some voters, some of them vote based on uh, what they know about the player as well as what kind of temperament they have and what kind of personality they have. Um, there have been some years where that wasn't the case, i.e. Uh, Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel, but Devontae Smith 100% embodies what the Heisman Trophy is all about. I mean, this is somebody that has gone from, you know, they mentioned it several times and he talked about it in his speech. The man was like 165 pounds coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a huge dude. He's not your prototypical just, uh, massive freak of nature, DK Metcalf looking guy that, you know, just runs uh, a four, three and goes all over the place. He had to work to get to where he is. And the fact that he now essentially holds every single receiving record at Alabama, he's, uh, he's, you know, breaking national records. He's winning all of these awards. He's an incredibly hard worker. He was playing cornerback as a freshman on our practice squad um, before he even, caught that national championship winning touchdown pass. He 110% deserves this award. He embodies the work ethic that the Heisman Trophy embodies. His stats this year show it. Uh, 105 receptions for 1,641 yards and 22 all-purpose touchdowns through 12 games. And keep in perspective, Jamar Chase from LSU last year, that was the, you know, the record-breaking wide receiver that everybody was in love with, had 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns in 14 games. And so Devontae is going to have one less game than that and probably will have better stats. And so he really is just one of the best wide receivers that college football has ever seen. I, I don't think that that's, that's very debatable. He, he's just – he is there when you need him. Um, he is seemingly always open, and he has become so explosive it's ridiculous. And whoever drafts him this year is going to get an outstanding wide receiver. I think the cool thing about him winning it was, you know, there's the perception that this award has become, and it's the same thing with the MVP in the NFL. I guess in the NFL, it's more of a quarterback. It, well, it really is solely a quarterback dominated award and the Heisman can be a quarterback and kind of a running back award, but for him to be the first wide receiver to win since I think it was 91, um, that was really cool. And so here are his stats for the season right now. It's 105 receptions. Uh, 1,641 yards, 20 touchdowns. Now, the funny thing that I heard was because once he had won, there were a couple stats that came out about wide receivers in college who got snubbed potentially for the Heisman. And then the one that I thought was really drastic was Michael Crabtree. So in 2007, as a freshman, Michael Crabtree in 13 games – had 134 receptions, 1,962 yards, and 22 touchdowns, and he didn't win the Heisman. <laughs> wow, that is very impressive. Where, where, uh, where did he go? Where you remember where? My- Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Okay. Yeah. So not so he had he had more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns, and didn't win the yeah. Heisman. I thought that who, who was won that really game? interesting. Do you have it in front of you? Um. Let's see, 2007 Heisman winner. Let's see, uh, Tim Tim Tebow. Oh, whoa. Uh, Come on, man. You, you can't go against Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> yeah, come on, that's God's quarterback right there. Yeah. Well, I'm just. I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting that he had those stats, and and it just happened to be the year that that Tim Tebow exploded and had maybe one of the best college seasons ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. It it really is. I definitely think that it's it's a quarterback dominated award, and um, the funny thing about that is since 2005, since Reggie Bush won it for USC, um, you know, there's only been three non quarterbacks to win the award, and all three of them went to Alabama, which is the weirdest thing. I don't know why we had Mark Ingram in 2009, Derrick Henry in 2015, and now Devonte Smith. So we for whatever reason, cannot produce a Heisman-winning quarterback, but we can produce, uh, you know, skill players like crazy. Um, right. It's a – so sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. You finish. I, I was just going to say it's it's it really is, like you said, a, a quarterback-dominated award, but there's been, there's been a lot of snubs. You know, I, I definitely think that there's been a lot of snubs. The fact that Deshaun Watson never won it, uh, I think that's incredible. Um, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that uh, Lamar Jackson won it on like an – like an eight and three, nine and three Louisville team is, is even more incredible because uh, Kyle Trask was fourth in voting this year and he had better numbers than, I mean, he was on pace to break Joe Burrow's numbers from last year. So it's, uh, it's just very interesting how they do the voting, but um, you know, it's just right place, at the right time for Devonte Smith, I guess. Right. So quickly, not not anything in major major detail because I think we'll want to more talk about the matchup that we have between Alabama and Ohio State, but I wanted to read you a stat from Notre Dame just to go back to the first weekend. Since 1998, not only is Notre Dame 0 and 7 in BCS and NY6 bowls, but they've never lost by less than 14 points in those games. <laughs> so. Every time that they've gotten into these big games, they've gotten absolutely obliterated. So, Dom, just quickly, quickly, were you surprised with the Clemson-Ohio State game and the Notre Dame-Alabama game, or did it go exactly where you were thinking it was going to go? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I I thought the Clemson-Ohio State game was going to be closer than people thought. People were thinking that it was going to be a reverse of the score that it actually was. I mean, I know – um, I know my dad was was one of the you know one of the Ohio State doubters. He was saying that Clemson was going to be up by three touchdowns by you know the half, or they were going to start to pull away early, and um, and it was the exact opposite. Clemson looked like they had no response for Ohio State. Ohio State came out pissed. Um, I think they definitely heard what Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney had said about them being ranked, ranking them 11th in his uh, coaches' poll, which is um, absolutely ridiculous. But, I mean, you know, that's what happens. And when you give the other team ammunition and you get a, a finally, you know, a healthy Ohio State team, they got both of their top receivers back in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And, I mean, they ran absolutely rampant over Clemson. They had no response at all there. Um, you know, they had their safety who was out targeting for the first half. And then during the first half, their starting linebacker, James Scalsey, got out targeting with a hit on uh, Justin Fields, then he was out. And so they just really – it just seemed like from the very beginning they were just at a disadvantage on defense, um, and that led to the final score, that 49-28 mauling. Uh, and then for Alabama and Notre Dame, I mean, I really don't – it's what I expected. Honestly, what I expected was for Alabama to score more on Notre Dame. We kind of just uh, – we came pretty conservative after the, the second half. Um, we weren't really – you know, we weren't really gunning it out. I think we were just trying to run the clock down. But at Notre Dame, 
uh, what can he say? I mean, that I've seen that that stat that you you talked about earlier, Jason, just with the um, them losing every single New Year's Six Bowl they've been in since like 2007, and, and just completely underperforming in every game. And one, I think that's a testament to Notre Dame's cap. That's a testament to actually it was since 1998. Ooh, even worse. So not yeah. even 2007. Yeah, yeah. That's well. I mean, f- further proving the point. It just. Notre Dame, that, that's that's kind of their that's their cap, and I think that they have to reevaluate that. I mean, Mac Brown at Texas got fired for pretty much the exact same thing. Texas got tired of not being nationally relevant at the in the postseason stage, and they ended up letting Mac Brown go. And since then, of course, Texas has completely underperformed. But Notre Dame is pretty much doing the same thing. I mean, they have nothing to show for it other than really, really impressive regular seasons. Once they get up against the big dogs, you know, they realize that they can schedule all these kind of dink and dunk opponents during the regular season. They can play Duke and Syracuse and have one really impressive game that they maybe win or maybe lose. And then if they do win that game, they'll end up going to the postseason and they'll get blown out by a real team. I mean, it's, it's how they schedule it every single year. And uh, finally, when they join the ACC, you know, nothing much changes except for the fact that they beat a undermanned Clemson team. We already talked about this. We're not going to get back into this. But um, this this is Notre Dame. And I think they have to re- reevaluate Brian Kelly. They have to re- reevaluate where he can get them with this program. Uh, and at the same time, I was thinking this exact same question a couple weeks ago. And so I kind of looked – one of my, you know, guilty pleasures that I like to go on uh, I like to go on Reddit and I like to go on the different college football communities that they have on Reddit just to see what the fans are thinking. And I went on Notre Dame's Reddit page and they were talking about how there was a post that I saw about how Notre Dame's uh, basically their, their student athlete like education requirements are so just like, just so they're extremely high and they, they're very selective about what student athletes they're allowed to essentially recruit and so they were somebody was blaming that for their inability to recruit the top athletes to their school to make their football program better and so I don't know how much merit there there is into that but I definitely know that every time they go up against a top team like Ohio State like Clemson like Alabama they generally get blown out and they look like completely overmatched talent wise and so that there could be some truth to that but both of those matchups really I mean the Clemson Ohio State game was a complete surprise. Alabama Notre Dame, I, I definitely saw that coming. Um, and then uh, in terms of overmatched, give me a quick recap, or just your not. I shouldn't even say recap. That's not the right word. Quick preview of what you think is going to happen when uh, when Alabama faces off against Ohio State. For sure. Well, the the first off, the biggest storylines since this um, this matchup was determined really is uh, Justin Fields' health and Ohio State's COVID-19 struggles. So Justin Fields obviously took a vicious hit um, by James Skalski in that Clemson game, and he, for some reason, you know, they gave him some cortisone, I guess, and he went back on the field and threw four more touchdowns. But he's, he's definitely hurting, and they're saying every day that, you know, he's getting better and better. He should be ready to go by the time this game comes around. But whether or not he's going to be full quality, um, that that remains to be seen. I think he's going to be just fine. I don't know how much this is really going to affect him, but it's it's something to keep an eye on. But the other big problem for Ohio State is their COVID-19 struggles. And this has been a problem that they've been having the entire season. 
Um, they have had, you know, they've had as many as like 20 players out at a time for some games just based on the Big Ten's COVID-19 protocol. And so they go ahead and play these games and they still win because they're that talented of a program. But um, the Big Ten itself has been pushing to postpone this game. They want to move it to the week after, to uh, Monday the 18th. Now, Alabama, the SEC, and Ohio State are pushing to play this game on the day it was scheduled. So I give big merit to Ohio State for pushing to do that. This is just a problem with the Big Ten in general. They have entirely mismanaged this season from start to finish. And this is an entire this is a different topic that we can get into on a different day, but they have just done a terrible job of handling this season. They tend to change the rules as they go. It makes them look stupid. It makes them look very wishy-washy, like they have no idea what they're doing. They've flipped on several different um, protocols and decisions that they've had throughout the season. They even changed what originally was a 21-day COVID-19 quarantine where they could not participate in football activities for 21 days. They changed that to 17 days to help Ohio State, essentially, which is still not great. You know, 14 days is the usual for any other college football program. So it's... um, it's really the Big Ten, and I don't think anything's going to happen at this point. It's Wednesday, and there's no official movement to change the game to next Monday, but um, it still could happen. So that's really the biggest thing. I expect this game to be a shootout. These are two of the top offenses in the entire country. Um, if Ohio State isn't at full strength and they really do have COVID issues going on, it's going to be very tough. I mean, Alabama's getting back Jalen Waddle. You know, he, he's back practicing this week after – what was supposedly a season-ending injury against Tennessee earlier in the season, he's now back. His his, his ankle is fine. He's practicing, um, so that's going to be tough. We're gonna we're potentially going to be fielding a Heisman-winning wide receiver and one of the most explosive wide receivers in the entire country before an injury back in October. In addition to Najee Harris and everything else that we have on our offense, defensively, that's our biggest worry Um, Ohio state running back Trey Sermon. He's got over 500 yards rushing and three touchdowns in the last two games combined. Um, And Alabama is the 13th best rush defense in the nation, which being 13th in rush defense in the postseason is, is kind of the same as being like 50th. Like you, you really have to be the best if you want to stop an offense this good. And so Ohio State, they're a, they're a double threat. You know, obviously Justin Fields, we saw that last week. He threw for like five touchdowns against Clemson. Um, this is going to be a shootout. This, this entirely is going to be a shootout, and it really depends on who makes the most plays and who gets the most defensive stops. This is going to be like the game we saw with Florida um, against Alabama. Going to be wild scoring, and it really depends on what guys are healthy when it comes around to play this game. But regardless, tune in for this one on Monday because it's going to be incredible. I'm going to be – at Alabama, when this happens, I'm excited. The, the campus is going to be electric. I, I fly back on Sunday, so um, we're really excited. And hopefully Alabama can bring its sixth ring to the, the campus in the last 11 years. That would, be, uh, that would be really fun, honestly, being on the campus when that happens. Cause I'm, and I say win because I'm assuming that Alabama is going to win if the COVID concerns are – end up being as legit as they seem uh, right now. So, Sam, do you have anything to add to this conversation in terms of uh, what you think is going to happen? I I mean, I'm rooting for a shootout. Uh, I totally think it's possible because 
since we've had Dom on, he's alluded to the fact that Alabama, this isn't the same prototypical Alabama defense that we've been used to over the last decade where it's just shutting down opponents. What did they give up, like 500 yards to Old Miss, Dom, earlier this year? They did, but we have improved every single week since then. I will say for sure, for sure. Yeah, but this is and the big the big thing that Nick Saban has come up against that elite quarterback. He really hasn't been able to. That's been the knock against him. That's been like the one weakness, which could be you could say about any coach. But so if Justin Fields is playing at an elite level like he did against Clemson, this game should be close. Absolutely agree. All right, well, it should be a shootout. It's poised to be a shootout. Hopefully, hopefully that's what we get. And I just want to add one one thing to the to the Notre Dame thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking back at the last uh, I've looked back probably the last seven years recruiting wise. They haven't had a top nine recruiting class in the past seven years. So maybe yeah. that's just alluding to the fact that they really – that's why they can't get up to that next level. I'm, I mean, I'm seeing Alabama number one almost every year, so. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, that's exactly right. And, that you know, you'll also notice that Clemson and Ohio State are all up there all the time. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're in the top five at least every single year. So that's just how it works. I mean, um, recruiting is so important and and i think that there's a lot of merit into what what i kind of figured out on that uh that reddit page you know a few weeks back well it should be an interesting game hopefully it turns out to be an interesting game we thought the ohio state clemson one was going to be an interesting game and it turned out to not be so hopefully we don't get disappointed in the championship all right um Moving on, so Dom, Sam and I have something sort of prepared. We're going to kind of – the reason why I want you here is because I want you as a non-biased judge for okay. this. Okay. Um, 20, 2020 just uh, just ended. We're in 2021. So Sam and I thought it would be obviously appropriate to recap the best moments, the best sports moments of 2020. And we took the liberty of putting them in order, one through five, on which ones we thought were – you know, like five, four, three, two, one on our list. And we're going to debate on whose list is better than at the end. You know what? You can pick which list you agree with more. All right. Sounds great. I like it. Um, so Sam, I don't know. Uh, you know, we can do this sort of how we did our power rankings, go five, five, four, four, three, all the way up. Or w- I just read you my list and you can read your list. Um, I like the five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one. All right. Sounds good. Dom, who do you want to go first, Sam or me? Hmm. Let's go with Sam. All right, perfect. So the number five on my list, moments of 2020. Let me take you back to February 24th. It's a big day in sports this year. A woman by the name of Sabrina Ionescu, playing for the Oregon Ducks at this point, breaks the NCAA record for 20 points. Or 2,000 points, 1,000 career assists, and 1,000 career rebounds for any NCAA Division I player, male or female, just hours after speaking at the Kobe Bryant Memorial in L.A. That's my number five. 
You know, that's uh, that's something that I had actually forgotten about. And this is going to be a fun list to do because, Dom, Sam and I don't know each other's list. So I don't know what's on his and he doesn't know what's <laughs> on mine. I forgot about that one. That's a it good one. doesn't feel like that was in um, 2020. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't. It actually doesn't. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's funny. Wow, I totally blanked on that one. Wow, all right. Well, I like it. Um. My uh, my number five uh, moment happened not too long ago, actually. I just thought it was such a unique instance uh, in sports and maybe open to the gateway uh, for this to potentially happen later on in the uh, in the future of college sports or even the NFL. I put Sarah Fuller mm-hmm. um, kicking for Vanderbilt and being the first woman to score in a Power Five conference. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, one that Vanderbilt allowed her to do that and let her get out there and and kick for them. And not only did she go out there and kick for them, she made her kicks <laughs> like she did really well. Um, and I thought that was really unique and uh, and a really awesome moment uh, in sports, especially for for college. So yeah, that's my number five. All right. So number four for my list is game two, the Western Conference Finals. Anthony Davis hitting the game winner on the left wing to send the Lakers to a 2-0 series lead in the Mamba jerseys, yelling Kobe, number four. Yeah, that was that was a big shot. <laughs> that was a big shot. And from somebody who didn't shoot three-pointers at the beginning of his career, like he has evolved into a very good three-point shooter. I, I mean – you look back at the beginning of his career, he was pretty much a low post guy. And the fact that he was able to, to stretch out, to shoot as proficiently as he does on the three-point line, that was that's a credit to him and how hard he's worked for that. That was an awesome shot. Um, my number four, honestly, I think they should just rename the award after this guy. But Alex Smith coming back and playing in an NFL game after 17 surgeries honestly almost losing his leg, almost losing his life. The fact that, one, he came back and played, two, he played well, and three, he led his team to a playoff berth. And it's an interesting little stat on that. Tom Brady has more playoff wins at 30 than the Washington franchise has 23, and that franchise has been around since 1932. So the fact that Washington is even in the playoffs – as a credit to him and what he's done. So that's number four for me. I think they should just name the comeback player of the year award, the Alex Smith award and leave it at that. Yeah. I totally forgot to, uh, that would probably make, uh, make my list if, if I remembered it. <laughs> um, and the, the Sarah Fuller one too, like that's such a big moment to propel um, like further equality in sports um, too. So yeah, sure. uh, my number three is the coronation of one Patrick Mahomes as the face of the NFL by winning the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers in February to mark pretty much his ascension to the top of the game. Yeah, he uh, he's really, really good. <laughs> in case anybody hasn't, uh, hasn't noticed. The funny thing is, is that, like, you know, we talk about 
at least I heard the argument over the past couple weeks on ESPN that like the best team uh, that has been playing in the NFL, well, they've all been playing, but the best team over the past six, well, six, seven, yeah, about six, seven, eight weeks has been the Buffalo Bills. They've been playing the best, but you talk to people and who they're betting on in the playoffs, they pretty much say the Chiefs. And the reason why is just strictly because of, of Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he just seems to not not let his team lose ever. And he's the X factor over everybody. So as much as the Bills are the most well-rounded team probably playing right now, the fact that Mahomes is on the Chiefs still for a lot of people is giving them the security of betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Um, Number three for me was the match with Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. And honestly, the reason, there are a couple of reasons why. One being it was entertaining. It was super entertaining to watch uh, those four. Also to listen to Peyton and Tom sort of trash talk each other and Tiger and Phil sort of trash talk each other. If you like golf, it also was fun to just listen to Phil talk about golf. Yeah, that whole thing about Tom Brady, like nailing like a 200-yard shot. <laughs> Just absolutely holing it or putting it right there. Did he make it or did he put yeah, he it like two it. inches from? He made I don't it for remember. a birdie. Yeah, it's right. Um, after he had done absolutely awful, um, and the big thing about that was the goal for that was the goal for the match was to raise ten million dollars for COVID relief, and it actually raised twenty million for COVID relief. So I thought uh, the match definitely deserved to be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was one of the few, it was like one of the few live sporting events we had. Uh, right. At that time. When, when do you have the date on there? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, you, you taking notes, Dom? You didn't have the date. <laughs> That's a penalty. I'm going to need you all to go over these uh, at the end just to give a, a nice, you know, well-rounded summary. That's <laughs> all good. So again, I bring it back to February. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't classify this as the best moment, um, but it is certainly a influential sports moment of 2020. Uh, the world saying goodbye to Kobe Bryant and the other uh, victims of the helicopter crash in February, uh, their memorial at Staples Center with uh, people talking like Shaq, Michael Jordan, uh, Sabrina, as I said before. Uh, just so many figures that were in attendance. Uh, it's almost like the the whole sporting world stood still and took remembrance of just one of the all-time greatest sportsmen we've had in history. So that was my number yeah. two. Yeah. Mm. The, out, the outpouring of support that came for Kobe and everybody who was there was – you know, his daughter and everybody who, who was also on that helicopter crash. It's, it it seemed at the time, like, and even now, honestly, but especially when it happened, it just seemed surreal almost. I had listened to somebody talk about, you know, Kobe. I just heard this literally the other day where I, they had interviewed somebody who had watched Kobe like his entire life. And the phrase that he used and the idea that he used – uh was really striking to me. He he had said that, you know, growing up, he had always pictured Kobe because it was his idol as being like immortal, 
you know, this like immortal being who, because, you know, he'd always watched him play basketball and he almost looked immortal when he played uh, on the court. And then to wake up one morning and then to see that that happened, it was, yeah, it was just a, it, it was a tough, it was a tough pill to swallow um, for sure. So, um, number two for me uh, was October 11th. 2020 and that was just the that was the final game of the NBA bubble um so the fact that the bubble got completed for the NBA was was my number two moment the fact that they were able to put it together the way that they did to have little to zero COVID concerns while they were in the bubble to have it go as smoothly as they did And to now be in the next season where Sam and I had talked about what they were going to do this season in terms of maybe shortening it. And to be able to go through that bubble, quickly turn around and get the season started up again, I I just think that's a testimony to the NBA and and how, like, credit them for getting that done because pretty much no other organization was able to do that, minus the MLB, but they had a bunch of problems at the beginning and the NBA had none. So I just, I, that was a, like a standing ovation for the NBA to be able to pull that off as quickly and efficiently as they did. Yeah, totally. No, no doubt. Um, it was, it was really weird. Like, cause there's no precedence set for what no. they were doing. Like it was literally, they just created it and it went out, it went well without a hitch. You know, yeah. uh, my number one is March 11th, 2020, the NBA suspending their season indefinitely at that point, uh, which I think marked the pretty much cancellation of sports for a, a long time in 2020. So I just thought that was the biggest and most influential moment in sports in 2020. Um, yeah, I could see that. I almost thought about putting that, putting that on my list, but I just, I, I looked at it as a depressing moment. <laughs> just, I couldn't get myself to do it. So when I think about what was the best sporting moment of 2020, uh, I got to go back to April 19th, 2020. And it was in a time where obviously the pandemic and the lockdowns were in full effect. There was no sports, no, I mean, well, yeah, literally there were no sports going on. Absolutely none. And for people who love watching sports, we needed something, something to watch. Um, and the last dance came out and not only did it come out, but it, exceeded i think everybody's high expectations it averaged 5.6 million viewers per episode and was just that necessary break and very much needed break um from the pandemic for people who love watching sports you know the three of us we we live and breathe sports and when it's on it's a chance to just sort of relax and dive into dive into what we're watching and really care for our teams and 
uh, sort of put everything else aside for a couple hours. Nobody had that. And when it came out, it, it felt like, I don't know, we like, we craved it. It seemed like at the time, uh, and it was very much needed. So for me, the last dance was like the best moment of, of 2020, just because of when it was, when it was released and the quality of that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. No quarrels here. I mean, I, you, you had mentioned it to me before we did, before we made these lists, I still forgot about it. Um, but it was, it was a, like a, a world event when that came out. It just captured everyone's attention when Netflix just dropped it. Or, no, no, it was on ESPN. When ESPN uh, published those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dom, recap of the list. My list was Sarah Fuller, Alex Smith, The Match, The Bubble, and The Last Dance. And uh, mine was Sabrina Ionescu's record, Anthony Davis game winner, Chiefs Super Bowl win, Kobe Bryant Memorial, and the coronavirus pandemic causing suspension. Okay, so I I just have to like review what my responsibilities are. I'm I'm literally <laughs> just picking up and down which one of you I think has picked the the best top five. That's yeah. Which list? Which list do you agree with the most? Because I honestly think that both of them are good lists. Um, there were a lot of great sporting moments of 2020. So it's just a matter of which. If you were writing your own list, whose list would uh, you agree with the most? I know we didn't have any Alabama in there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't expect that, that. You know, that's just kind of old news. There's there's nothing exciting about that. Um, we just go about our business. Right. I, I gotta say, I. Listen, the Kobe Bryant thing, not even a thing. That's very disrespectful. The, the, just the, the entire Kobe Bryant tragedy that took place kind of marks the year in sports for everybody. But I also I, I love the the last dance because I know that that was that was what kind of um, that for like four weeks was the focal point for me and my family hunker down in our living room in, in April or, or May, whenever it was released. And we would, we, like you said, Jason, we were just so excited to, to watch that. Um, I also think the, the bubble is a very, you know, it's so, so impressive. And it just kind of marks the, uh, it marks the COVID-19 pandemic. I, I, I love your guys' top three. Like I, I really do. It's very difficult for me to decide one way or the other on this, because I think you guys all picked very unique and very telling um, things that just represent 2020. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sam because I just think that. Oh, I, damn. I think that uh, I just think that the, that Kobe Bryant. He really that tragedy really had an effect on almost every single sporting event, whether it is the bubble, whether it's the last dance, whether anything, his name and his, his legacy came into that. He was remembered in almost everything that we did this last year. And so um, I, I'm going to have to go with, I have to go with Sam. Dom, I take everything I, I, I said think... about you back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that Kobe one was going to, was going to come back to bite me in the butt because I, I really thought about putting, that on my list and 
you know, it was, it was one of those things where when I was looking at the list and I was, I almost felt like, I almost felt like in a way it didn't deserve to be on the list. Like it was above the list. Okay. You know? Whoa. Hey, come on. Like, Why are you just <laughs> throwing shade at my list now? Oh man. No, 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 no. List and you disrespect it. What are you doing, Jason? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I'm just walking you through my thought process. You forgot about it. You let's right let's be wrong. honest. Let's be totally transparent. Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> oh, no, I did not. Um, but it was, I don't know, it was one of those, like I said, this is just my thought process. And Sam, I'm not saying you're wrong for putting it on your on your list or anything like that. Well, you're um, wrong for not putting it on your list. How's that? I'll go there. You're right. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, that's that's all good. I was just, I'm just saying that, like, when I was thinking about it, I, I was, I don't know, it, it felt above the list for me because um, it was just, it was so devastating and, it, for a good for a good while, it kind of felt like everybody in the world kind of stood still and went, "Oh God, did that really happen?" Did, which one do you think was a- bigger, Dom? Uh, just all the events that happened with Kobe or the coronavirus and what it had on sports, just specifically. Well, uh, I mean, I, I almost think they're equal because I think that they both kind of acted as a – they were both all-encompassing. You know, Kobe came into every single sport in some way, shape, or form and, and being being memorialized or being, you know, moments of silence or having special edition, you know, Black Mamba jerseys or this and that. It, he really came into everything, but of course so did the pandemic. I mean, obviously every single league had to adjust how they operated and some completely shut down. Um I don't know if it's – I can't even – I don't even know if, how to answer it. It's just I, – I don't want to say one is more important than the other because right. that's like the most right. – that's not really how to word it, but like – No. Well, I think I think Sam was just saying like what affected the sports world. Yeah. <clears throat> it seems like. Well, I think physically it would definitely be the COVID-19 pandemic. But if we're talking – if we're talking mentally, it, it probably would be Kobe Bryant because it was just such a devastating time. But – at the same at the same time, you know, sports came back. You know, sports sports are back and they will come back, but we, we can never get Kobe Bryant back. We we just we remember him. So Yeah, well said. Yeah. So that's 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 how yeah. I see that. For sure. Yeah, so what was the best sports moment of twenty twenty? I think that'll be a topic that we look back on for a while because of how crazy the year was. Um you know, I know I, I hate hearing the cliche on TV, like, you know, because of 2020, this, this, and this. And I, I get, I get that. But at the same time, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those, it was just one of those years where a lot of stuff happened, a lot of stuff happened. And as a society, we, we kept getting thrown a lot of different punches and, um, and I, I understand that, you know, the pandemic is, is sort of a way to go, well, because of this, you know, this happened and because of this, this happened. And I feel like that's one way to look at it. But I guess the way that I kind of look at it is, you know, we we kept getting these punches thrown at us and we were ducking and dodging and doing everything that we could. And, you know, here we are in 2021 and 
you know, we're still standing. You know, it was it was a rough year. It was a rough year, sure, and the pandemic affected everybody. But uh, together, you know, we got through it. And um, I, I think, uh, I think looking back at 2020, we're gonna as much as as much as it was such a hard year for losing loved ones and losing sports legends and you know being locked down and the sports world being kind of shut down and everything being shut down really i think we're going to look back and there are going to be moments where we can uh be thankful for 2021 because i think it made everybody just that much tougher um and that much more resilient so and uh, like sam said at the beginning of the show can't get any worse right <laughs> right. Hey, right knock on wood so <laughs> let's, right exactly let's, let's, let's be careful there right. let's not Right. Well, you just you'd like to believe that it can't get any worse, right? It can only get better. Well, if it here, starts off so. with an Alabama loss in the national championship, wouldn't that mean that it's getting worse? <laughs> For some yeah, people. No, it started off so well. I mean, Alabama basketball is number one in the SEC right now. Bama football is number one. We won the Heisman Trophy. That we just we just need the natty. That's all we need right now. And I'm I'm good for the year. You know I'm I'm fine. Right. So. Oh, what a great story! The um, only underdog, Alabama, winning the <laughs> national championship. That's that's just they're gonna make a movie about this, Dom. <laughs> they, right. yes, they, they definitely are. Honestly, I want to be... play Nick Saban in the Nick Saban movie when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> You got a good Nick Nick Saban impression? I don't want to put you on the spot. Really. Well, no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work to get there. Oh, right, I, right, right, right. You know, I <laughs> see. I can do the I thing. I guess that. <laughs> they can they can make a movie out of Alabama. It could be like the next Rudy or something. <laughs> Rudy too. Rudy plays for Alabama. <laughs> there we go. And he gets and gets. They bang. can call it Rudy too. He's a five star and doesn't see the field. <laughs> They they can call it like Judy or something. The, the heartwarming story of a like six that. foot five, three hundred pound five star offensive tackle sitting the bench for five years. <laughs> uh, at that point, they should just call it blindside. Really, I just... well, he was blindside. Uh, I'm sure. Ah, Nick I, exactly. Was in that That's movie. what I'm saying. He did recruit Michael Orr. The, he was the LSU. Oh, well, there you go. He was, which is hilarious. There you go. <laughs> Probably reluctantly signed on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So we have got a lot to get into for the NFL. Dom, if you would like to stick around and chat playoffs with us, you are more than welcome to. Um, if not, then well, then see ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boys. I think I'm, uh, I think I'll go ahead and sign off now. But um, listen, I I uh, really appreciate you guys having me on this last year and. Uh, many more, many more good recordings to uh, to come for sure. Uh, we'll send we'll send out Absolutely. the contract to your people. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we we took some money away. We needed some production budgets. So. All right, then I, then I take back what I said. Screw you guys. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just in. Uh, Dom has leverage over the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm contacting the union. Because this is just ridiculous. The the podcasters oh, union. God. We need to start a podcasters union. Oh man. A podcast. You know how union. you know how difficult we would be? <laughs> right. Oh my lord. <laughs> Alright, guys. Oh my god. Well, thank you very much. Roll tide. And uh I will uh, I'll talk to you guys uh, after Alabama soundly defeats the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
knock off wood. Yeah, we'll be we'll be sure to have you on, and uh, we'll talk about take it care again. now. Absolutely. See you guys. See ya. He picked your list. Okay, let's just be totally honest right now. My list was a thousand times better than yours. Like no, it was a not a thousand times. Like like Jason, the fact that you did research and came up with that list is just embarrassing. Oh my! You know, I wasn't gonna say it, but Kobe was above the list, <laughs> and he wasn't even number one. <laughs> Oh. oh man. Okay. Hey, we're done with that. You know, we're done with twenty twenty. It's time to we look are to twenty twenty one. All right, look to twenty twenty one. Here we go. So the twenty twenty one NFL playoff wild card weekend. For the first time, we have a triple header on Saturday. And we have a triple header on Sunday. So let's roll through these matchups. So in the AFC. We have, ironically, the Browns versus the Steelers. That'll be a fun game to watch just because of the rivalry that has been – well, I don't even know if it's a rivalry. It's really been a hammer and a nail. They're division but rivals. They're division rivals, but, you know, okay. Okay. Yeah, the Browns really haven't. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, then we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Colts. And then, unfortunately, this is a first-round matchup. It would have been great to see this in the later rounds. But a little rivalry between Baltimore and Tennessee, which has formed over the past couple of years. And then Kansas City has a bye. So in the NFC, there's the Rams and the Seahawks, the Bears and the Saints, and Tampa versus Washington with Green Bay having the bye. So, Sam, Wild Card Recon, what do you think the most intriguing, the number one intriguing matchup of the weekend um i think it's probably baltimore tennessee i agree because tennessee beat baltimore earlier this year they beat them last year in the playoffs with baltimore head home field uh this is this is like a perfect redemptive arc for lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens to finally get that playoff Mm -hmm. win beating tennessee the team that has beaten you in the regular season beat you last year in the playoffs they played them. They, the game was tight. They lost in overtime to a Derrick Henry uh, Beastquake Part Five Thousand run. Uh, so these yeah. and Baltimore's playing. If it's not for the Bills or Chiefs, they're the hottest team in the NFL, at least mm-hmm. offensive wise. So Lamar's playing at the best he's played, arguably in his career, going into the playoffs. N- limited pressure. I f- well, maybe pressure because of his career, but they are going into Tennessee. So they don't have home field. It's just a different environment. Baltimore needs to win this game. Yeah. Lamar Jackson really does need to win this game for just to sort of shrug off the, that he can't win in the playoffs um, sort of vibe that they've got going on for him. I heard Ryan Clark say something really interesting about This matchup, he said that Baltimore has the best rushing attack, but the Tennessee Titans have the best running back. They have the best rusher, you know. Um, so it really is. It really is strength versus strength. And to give credit to that, I heard a really, really mind-boggling stat about Derrick Henry. I don't know if you've heard this one. 
but it's if you only counted Derrick Henry's rushing yards from the second half of games, so third quarter and first, third quarter and yeah. fourth quarter of every single game, he'd still be fourth in the NFL in rushing. With yards. how many? I I don't they I don't know what the yardage Do is, the but he would be fourth. That's insane. Yeah. Well, you know what? That stat actually gives me more confidence in Baltimore because they play better with the lead. So if Derrick Henry is doing most of his damage in the second half of games, theoretically that means that Baltimore has a better chance to get up a lead early, at least in the first half. And they play, they're they a completely different team with the lead. So here you go. So Derrick Henry led the league with 2,027 yards, which is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Dal- Dalvin Cook was second with 1,557. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. 2,000 yards, and he he had, what, 17,000 or 1,700 last year? And we thought he was going to slow mm-hmm. down because of all the workload, and he got better? Well, the thing is, is that, like, in terms of workload, you look at, like, a Dalvin Cook is second on this list, and it looks like he had the second most carries. So Dalvin Cook had 312 carries, right? Derrick Henry had 378. Dude, they are running. They better be careful with him. So the fourth leading rusher right now is Aaron Jones with 1,104 yards. So he would have had over 1,100 rushing yards just in the third and fourth quarter of games. They should just sit him the second half. (laughs) (laughs) Until the second half. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, um, so who do you yeah, think so win Derrick game? Henry. <clears throat> well, Tennessee is going to be – Tennessee's at home for that game, but that doesn't mean much probably this year. In fact, in fact, actually, the only team right now who – I mean – it's, I heard this argument too, and actually, actually, let me pick who I think is going to win that game because I, there's an interesting uh, argument that I heard about home playoffs games this year. Um, They're at a disadvantage. Well, no, well, I'll, I'll get to it. Um, Baltimore, Tennessee, who do I think is going to win? Well, again, you're right. I think it depends on who jumps out to the lead first because um, Baltimore at least – has not been able to really play from behind typically. And Tennessee, Derrick Henry is, he just wears you down. Like second half, obviously we jumped at it. He's still going and he's actually at his best in the second half. So when you've already played a half of football, he's at his peak, which is a scary thought. Um. I think my gut is telling me to go with Baltimore because they're just playing so hot right now. Uh, They've just come on so strong at the end of the year. And Lamar Jackson, like you said, is playing sort of at an MVP level. So I think my gut is telling me Baltimore, even though for whatever reason I keep wanting to say the Titans. Their offense is Uh, no joke. Who's? Tennessee's. Tennessee, no, they have – not only do they have great, uh, like, you know, other worldly running back, but they have two very good wide they receivers. They probably have the fourth best offense in the NFL. 
I'd say right now, so Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, Tennessee. Not not in any particular order. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the only team that I could think that would Don't be close it. to them. I was gonna no, say Saints, no, maybe. no. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No. You could, you could maybe no, because Tampa's not consistent enough. Um, the Steelers definitely not. That's, it's not uh, so important, yeah. but yeah, that, Tennessee's a good team. Those are two good teams, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I really don't know. Like, I can't give you a solid – like, if I pick Tennessee, then I feel bad about it. And if I pick, you know, Baltimore, then I feel bad about that as well. So, I I don't know. I think – I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, there was There was one thing that I wanted to – to say here on the show because I heard it the other day and I, I thought it was a, a beautiful point. Um, the fact that home field advantage doesn't really play a huge part this year, except for one team. The the one team that it really does help Lambo. this year is is yeah Green Bay. So even though they don't have any fans, you have to deal with Mother Below Nature 30 and the degrees. fact that. <laughs> Yeah, it could be – not only could it be below 30 degrees, but it could be just dumping, like, sideways And that's snow. when Aaron Rodgers plays arguably at his best. Right. And so the thing that I had heard was – and I agreed with this as well – is that, first of all, Chicago can play in that yeah. weather, but they're not going to make it to Green Bay. Uh, if they do, um, there's going to be some heads rolling in New Orleans. Yeah, there is. Um New Orleans, obviously, they were the ones who really needed that home field because, you know, obviously Drew's played in that weather, but they're so much more comfortable in the dome. Tampa, however, Tom has played in that Mm -hmm. weather. He played up in Foxborough for his entire life since he was zero to however old he is now. Um, So Tampa is actually geared pretty well to go up there and play Green Bay. And if you remember – they dismantled the Packers earlier this year. It was in Tampa. Year. Yeah, it was in Tampa. Um, so they've already absolutely throttled and bottled Aaron Rodgers earlier this year. Um, so that could be an interesting second-round matchup. Um, so we talked about what was the most interesting match. What do you think the least interesting Chicago match Chicago-New Orleans. Yeah, I agree. Either that or yeah, – I agree. Um, Tampa, Washington? No, that's a little like because I'm intrigued if Washington is able to get that pass rush going and fluster Tom. Maybe Rams, Seattle. Well, the reason why I said Tampa, Washington was because I look over at the AFC matchups and I like all of yeah. them. I guess, I guess, like except for the Browns, maybe, maybe the no, because the Browns and the, the Steelers, their last game that they played was that was with Mason Rudolph starting. Uh, the Browns I, don't have their I know, head but... coach. They don't have a bunch of other coaches. They're missing players. That game's going to be ugly. If if they, in fact, yeah, go into it uh, on a crutch like that, the Colts and Bills game be good. could be a blowout. Uh, I think it'll be could good. Be. We've been talking about the I, yeah. Indies defense this whole year. I mean, Buffalo's, they got to come down eventually, right? I mean, you'd think. I'm just like it has the potential to be a blowout. The Colts 
could, I think, surprise some people and make it competitive. I don't think they're going to win. Um, but that game has the potential to be to to be a pretty <laughs> pretty big deficit for the Colts. Um, Tampa Washington. What I'm just was saying that just because. For whatever reason, if Washington can't establish a pass rush, then it could be a long day. Yeah. Who's starting? Who's the starting quarterback? Is Alex Smith coming back and starting? Um, I believe so. if he's not, then that game's uh, bad, too. Um, I'm not sure. Have they announced it yet? Let's see. Because if if they don't, then that the NFC Sunday is by far the weaker half of the weekend. You have we're gonna see Seattle, LA part three with maybe no Jared Goff, and the Rams aren't even playing well either. And Seattle's not playing well either, so that might be a low scoring Seattle win. Then you have Chicago and New Orleans. You and you could have. What uh, is Colt McCoy there? No. Um, who is who has been starting for Washington? They don't have hot. Oh, t- Tyler! It's Tyler Hineke. Oh, Taylor oh, Hineke. Nice. Yeah, that game's a blowout. So, yeah. So I'm reading a report right here saying Ron Rivera said to reporters Tuesday that he may consider rotating Smith and relative unknown Taylor Hineke in Saturday's wild card game against visiting Tampa. Is Bay. that just fluff to uh, make sure that Tampa doesn't just game plan for Alex Smith? I don't know. It says it all has to do with Smith's calf injury. So I think they mean quad injury because they moved like his quad to his calf, but whatever. <laughs> Was that a joke? Um, I, it's on his lip. Yeah, it's on his other leg, but never mind. Um, <laughs> didn't land. <laughs> didn't land. But yeah, I with them rotating quarterbacks, that game is you probably going to be You bad. guys can all tell that we have been on a break for so long. <laughs> How has it been? Has it been? It's only been a week? Uh, it's been like a week and a half, something like that. It hasn't been too long. But Sam officially won and picked. Yeah, yeah. So you you uh, you've been crowned the uh, the picks champion. So congratulations. And um, that means I'm better than you. At least this season. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Yeah, that is yeah. a good point, though. So the home field. I really want to look at the the winning percentage of home teams this year because it's got to be way down from years past. Hmm. I wonder if I can find that stat. Probably. Oh. Oh. Come on, give me the article name. Give it give some credit. Yo, I meant oh, maybe, maybe. Okay. All right. Um Okay, so here we go. Through the first fourteen weeks this is just through the fourteen. Through the first fourteen yeah, through the first fourteen weeks of the NFL regular season, home teams have a record. Of 103 mm-hmm. and 104 
for a good winning percentage of just 49 points. So they're below 500. What, what has been in years past? Um, that, that I don't Come know. on! Research department, Jason Russell. Um, let's see. Ooh, maybe, maybe I got it right here. Can you switch the years? Home, home favorites in 2019 had a record of 98 and 56. Well, that's a little different, but yeah. Yeah, that was home favorites. Unless so, you can give me the same it, stat this year. Yeah, no. So that just kind of goes back to okay. So here you go. 2019, it was 52 percent. Okay. 2018, 57 percent. Yeah, Mark. It's definitely noticeably different. Yeah, so it's gone down, but you know, it was. This is the first time, at least over the past two, three years, that it's been below 500. I know the Niners went below 500 at home. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, well, actually, let's finish our playoff. The um, Niners went one in five at home. Oh, there you go. And some of those games were weren't even in, at their home stadium. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, who? Uh, so what? What do you got? What do you got for this wild card weekend? What do you got for the playoffs? Okay. Who do you, who do you, who do you think it's going to come so down? So are we to? going through the whole thing, or are we just going uh, just this wild card round? Uh, we can just do yeah, the wild card round. We don't want to to get all our content out of the way, you know. So right. we need to save I'm going to go AFC side. Um, I think Buffalo advances. Sorry, Colts. Let me. And I right. think Pittsburgh advances. And I already said Baltimore earlier. Uh, right. So yeah. So I I'll take the, I I agree. I think the Steelers are going to come out of this weekend. Cleveland's got too many COVID concerns. Their coach and it's just out. not a good matchup. I mean, Pittsburgh's pass rush is probably too much for Cleveland because when Baker is under pressure, he's just a dramatically worse quarterback. Right. Um. Yeah, I got the Bills. I don't think that one's going to – it's got the potential to be a blowout. Um, so I'll take the Bills as well. <clears throat> and, you know, I've, man, that Baltimore-Tennessee one is tough. What time is that game? That is tough. Baltimore-Tennessee. Baltimore. Let's see. That would be the – oh, <laughs> why is that the 10 a.m. game on Sunday? Oh, that's all I'll be watching. Yeah. Is the is the uh, yeah. Steelers Browns the night game? It might be. Let's see. It is the yeah, that's the night game. That sucks. That's stupid. That really Come does on, suck. NFL. I know, seriously. Um Gosh, I need to make up my mind. Please please. I really want I know. <laughs> I uh, do, 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 I, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Tennessee. I'm gonna take Tennessee. Do, 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 do. All right, let's move to the NFC. <laughs> uh, what is Seattle? What is Tampa? Agreed. What is New Orleans. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's yeah. Pretty... NFC is pretty easy. Yeah. And Green Bay is definitely making 
I'm just gonna ruin it right now. Green Bay is making the Super Bowl. I agree. I don't know if they because I think the scariest team for them is Tampa. So if they get past Tampa. Oh, they play. Yeah, they play Tampa. They're but they have a bye. They do have a bye. So if they get past Tampa, and we're assuming Tampa is going to be Washington, but if they get past them, then I think they're pretty much good on the way there. I they think they Seattle look at the teams on the other side of that bracket. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Who do you think wins that? No, Especially at home. Back. Never mind. Right. Yeah. We'll 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 keep the we'll keep the Super Bowl predictions cool. and stuff away. Um. All right. So there's a a wild card weekend breakdown. And congratulations um, to the NFL man for getting through this year. It did not look good. That's very true. Were delaying games when the whole Tennessee uh, Pittsburgh thing was happening. They're moving teams buys. They're moving games. I mean, they moved the Niners to Arizona. It was like all these things were going on, and they actually got through a season and no bubble. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can work. There's going to be some stumbles along the way, but it they can work. They just gritted work. their teeth and just went to work. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, all right. We're going to move on to the uh, our last little oh, thing. Oh, the biggest thing of all. Right. Do you want to start it? We got. We, I feel you know like what? You should start we it. are Sacramento based sports <laughs> uh, coverage. We need to talk about our the small little thing. That small little team, the Sacramento Kings. All right, go ahead. We haven't talked about the Kings. I feel like whatsoever. Right? We yeah. haven't covered them at all. A tale of two weeks for the Sacramento Kings team with all the hope in the world coming into the year and limited expectations, a small town team in the, in Sacramento went up against behemoths in Denver and Phoenix and came out three and one in four games and was playing the best basketball we've seen in two years. And then tragedy strikes and the team forgets how to play basketball and loses to awful teams Loses three in a row, and now it looks like the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what else you want me to say. <laughs> How did it happen? What's going on, Jason? I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it's been tough for me to really sit down and watch a lot of these games. Um just because of my schedule, but now let's let's just give the Kings a little. They're seventh in the Western Conference right it's now. Early. If the playoffs started today, the Kings are in, baby. Um, but I, I don't know. It seemed like at the beginning they had sort of found maybe some semblance of an identity, mm-hmm. and they go through periods where they really kind of, where they really stick to that. And then they just kind of fall out of it, and I don't, I don't know why. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, the rookie pick that Tyrese we got, Halliburton. Um, yes, absolute great pick, great pick. I love watching him play. He is so fun to watch on both ends of the floor, on both ends of the floor. He's a phenomenal defender. He seems to be in every single passing lane, every single mm-hmm. game. He's got a bit of a funky jump shot, a little bit. Yeah, but you know he makes he makes, he makes it work. Fifty percent of he his makes threes. it work. 
Yeah, he makes it work, and I feel like, uh, you know, same thing that sort of happened with Lonzo Ball in the sense that he's become a pretty dang good shooter. Um, and De'Aaron Fox, who started off as a – he was, like, really raw with his shooting ability, has now turned into a very refined shooter. So, I honestly, just a couple of years for uh, Tyrese in the league, and and he'll be he'll be scary uh, as a jump shooter. So, this gives um, but a little I, bit of credence to that. PER player efficiency rating. Tyrese Halliburton is second on the team in PER yeah. as a rookie. Who's one? Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, Mister okay, Push Shot in the Lane himself, Rashawn Holmes. That shot is right. still. I was gonna say it's it's almost as good as the coach. I was, just... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it certainly ain't um, it certainly ain't Buddy. I... No, he is uh, half of the player efficiency rating that Tyrese Halliburton is. And Marvin Bagley is even worse because Marvin Bagley is having a rough start to the year. Yes, you want to get into a little bit of that because I'm a little out of the loop. Oh, you don't know everything? Not everything. I've heard a little bit about his dad and De'Aaron's right. dad and, and all that, but I didn't hear the, the so beginning let's of just, why everything let's started. Let's just state the facts here. So in – Seven games so far, he is averaging 10 points, um, eight rebounds, less than one assist. He's shooting 58 from the free throw line, uh, 35% overall, 26% from three. All great numbers, right, for a second overall pick. (laughs) So he's struggling, right? (laughs) No, No doubt about it. Um, I think after the Houston, the first Houston game, which he has played on average maybe two minutes in the fourth quarter, right? And he's a starter. So he's averaging 30 minutes, but he's only playing two minutes maybe every fourth quarter because Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes are playing, and they've been playing well. Harrison Barnes is playing some of the best basketball he's played in his career, which is remarkable. Um, And Marvin's dad, who's a big, big figure in Marvin's life, I mean – Whose dad isn't? Well, that's not true. He's he's a big figure, right? He's like Lavar Ball status, right? Just not as vocal. He tweets right at the Sacramento Kings, trade his son, right? Which, what the hell are you doing? First off, totally ruin your son's value right there with one tweet. Subsequently, deletes it. Uh, De'Aaron's dad tweets. I think after the next game. Trade him. Trade Marvin Bagley. <laughs> De'Aaron replies, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing, Dad? <laughs> right. Uh, and this, it's just, now this team is just being bombarded with questions about, what are you going to do with Marvin? Are you going to trade him? Blah, 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 blah. Luke's like, guys, like, this, this we're not concerning with this. Marvin isn't talking about it, which kind of isn't helping. Uh, De'Aaron's saying that, that it's not a big deal. Uh, But it obviously kind of seems like it's a big deal because Marvin went – do I have his last game? Come on. He went two for nine, I think, last game for five points, and he's a starter. And it just looks – it looks like he's regressed as a player. And it doesn't make any sense what's going on, man, (laughs) as a Kings fan. And if you're his dad, realistically – it's not the Sacramento Kings' fault 
of what's happening right now. I think the Kings are the one franchise in the NBA that we, that would be this patient with this player. With all the injuries yeah. that Marvin has had, he's played a total of 82 games over three seasons. Right? And they're still with him saying all the right things. This fan, this fan base, well, I don't know if the fan base is still there, but this franchise is still saying that Marvin Bagley is a huge piece to this franchise, and he can still be an all-star, a superstar someday. That's all there. And you're going to say, oh, he's not playing enough. Trade him. Trade him. If they trade him, he's going to get cut from any team in the NBA if he's playing like this. That's just the reality. Yeah, and I think the King situation is different in the sense that they are a place that you you have to – a player is not going to wake up one morning and go, damn, man, I really wish I was playing for the Sacramento Kings. Nobody – no player is going to do that. So you have to somehow get – you have to buy players to come play for you. So with Marvin's case – it's one of those things where if you let him go, do you really realistically see yourself being able to bring somebody in who's better than him right now? Probably not. Um, maybe he's just having a rough start. Yeah, I, I think know. it's just a rough start. I mean, I I wholeheartedly hope he turns it around. It can average close to oh, 17, sure. right? I don't think – I think – He's perfect for this team. His um, his demeanor. He doesn't come off like a dude that's going to be a prima donna. It just sucks that his dad has put ill light on him and his career and his time in in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. No. I like I said. I just you can't you can't really afford to get rid of him because you're probably not going to get anything better. You know. That's sad. That's a pretty um, pessimistic view. Well, I mean, in I mean, am I wrong? Like, who? Not who's available, because honestly, not a lot of people are available right now. But in the sense of just being in Sacramento, like we had to pay Harrison Barnes a boatload of money for him to come True. here. Um. So I just I don't know if you're going to be able to at the moment get anything in return for Marvin that would be substantial for your team. You're definitely not going to get uh, equal value. I mean, you're not going to get a second overall pick for it, right? No. I They got to keep it. It just – it sucks that this team was playing – so like playing the best ball. Like they were averaging close to 30 assists a game in the first four games, and now they're averaging close to 20 with the yeah. same amount of turnovers. And it's like – your ball movement has just totally gone down. Like they had games, they have six start, six players averaging 10 plus, which is great. But they had games where they would have seven or eight guys in double figures. And it was like, this is awesome basketball. You're getting contributions from everywhere. You're getting contributions from Holmes. Bagley's even getting his 10 in the first half, right? And then Fox is totally controlling the game with his play. Like he is, he is playing at an all star level. Darren Fox is. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing about the Kings is 
and I talked about the identity, and you really just sort of gave credence to that, the 30 versus the 20 assists. For the Kings to win games, it's they don't have an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James or a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. They don't have somebody who's just going to say, get the F out of my way, I'm going to score 50, and we'll be fine. For them to win, they need everybody. So they need to get everybody involved. They can't afford to have somebody just trying to huck up some shots and trying to play hero ball. There's no room for the Kings to be able to do that. That's not how they're built. They are, they are very much a uh, – a team that's built around a team. They're not a team that's built around LeBron James. Like, they have to be – they can't just be one player with four other guys out there. They have to be five players playing like five players. Yeah. Um, they can't have – just Buddy just trying to shoot. or And I, I know De'Aaron's playing at an all-star level. And Buddy's level. playing a lot um, worse, too. His points per game's down. His uh, three-point percentage right. is down. I mean. Right. And, De- like, De'Aaron isn't good enough to just carry the team for the entire season. He's playing really well, but he needs help, and he needs help from everybody. Um so that's that's that is their identity to me. They have to play collectively, and if they don't, they just don't have a chance because they're just individually not good enough to do it. True. I mean, we looked at this team, we looked at this roster, and we justifiably so could say that this is one of the worst rosters in the NBA. I would. I but would the think way so, yeah. they were from playing top to bottom early in the year, they were getting the most out of all these pieces. What has changed? Yeah, is the big thing. It right. They, it seems like the defensive effort has gone down. Uh, maybe that's just can be attributed to the fact that they're just not hitting shots. Like you know, when you hit a shot and you're like playing well on offense, you're. I don't know about you, Jason, but but you're more amped up on defense too when you're playing well because, like your your mind, like the confidence that you're exuding is just. At an all-time high, well, you're, you're playing well on both well, ends. Like you just you hit a shot and you're it's and it's a positive thing for you, right? Like regardless, like you miss a shot and you I mean, and basketball players, you know, as somebody who played for as long as I did, you know, you have a you have an ability to just go, oh damn, I missed, and then keep going. But you can push that aside. But when you make a shot, it does linger with you a little bit. Like oh, like that was like yay, good. <laughs> um, so like like okay sweet like let's keep going. Um, now it's one of, now like I said you can push away your miss relatively quickly, but you have the ability to kind of hold on to your make and use that positive momentum and kind of you know keep it flowing. Like you're not you're not um, tired after a made bucket. Never no. you could be like playing a whole quarter, running up and down, being dog tired get a nice layup you're like oh i'm back in it let's get it <laughs> it's so weird how the brain works like that yeah it's uh it's like i said you can you can't use any positive momentum from a missed shot but you can use positive momentum from a you could be shot, you so. could be walking up and down the court like like demarcus cousins walking up and down the court right and then you get a right. nice layup or you, you splash a three. You're running down with the with your, your fingers in the three. You know, you're playing it to the crowd. You go back on defense. You're slapping the court and you're back on defense. Your defense now, you look, now you look like Rodman <laughs> playing defense. <That's> <laughs> you're, you're, 
you're you're you are now the picture of Rodman, full sprawled out diving <laughs> to save the ball. Coach, coach is looking down the bench like, oh, someone gets Sam. You 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 splash a you splash a three. Comes out. Oh, I guess I guess he's good. Be like, man, are there seven of our guys out there right now? Like, oh man, it's just rough. It is rough when you miss, but it feels good when you make it. So, so. just uh, we've gotten two, two, a tale of two kings, right? I'm still happy with this year so far. Yeah, because it still looks because the we know what the good looks like. I just need to see it tonight against Chicago. I'm I'm happy that they hit on Halbert. Oh yeah. Um, that that for me is is the win of the season right now so far. It's just knowing that you've got you got it. You 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 landed somebody in the draft. Congratulations, Sacramento. You actually got a good draft. And we're not pick. saying he's a, like an um, all, a, like a future all star or anything, but he's a quality player, no doubt. Right, exactly. You have somebody who you're not going to get rid of. Who Sam's not going to buy a jersey for next year, and then you'll get rid of that. Might get team. a Halliburton jersey. Who knows? <laughs> don't don't do that to us. We don't need that. Okay, I'll get, I'll get a Buddy Hill jersey. There you go. There you go. Man, you should have done that. Should've. And then Bogdanovich should have been uh, would still I be think here. A Kyle Guy jersey would be kind of sick. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Hmm. I got nothing against Kyle Guy though. Hopefully, he gets some more playing time. You know. Yeah, it's it's weird. He's only gotten. In three games, he's only got nine minutes. Um, I'm assuming – I think those three games have been the last three that they've been blown out in. Uh, right. It, it's weird because he was playing so well in the preseason. And it feels like he would be a nice boost in energy on offense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope he gets some more minutes. So, All right. Well, that's it for me. You got anything else? Yeah. Um, Sick. Love it. Um, oh, we never talked about the Mandalorian finale on uh, on the show. Um, but we can save that for another time. All right. Last thing. What was your favorite gift from oh. Christmas? Favorite gift from Christmas? And rate your mom's cooking on Christmas. Uh, well, I didn't eat dinner with my family on Christmas. Oh, you did um, no, I so, so what did you So what did you get, Bree? And what did she get you? Let's get, let's get the whole rundown. The, dude, we don't have time. <laughs> just really quickly. Like, okay, how rate your girlfriend's performance on gift giving this year? Uh, I think I think I um, won uh, for birthday gifts, okay. but she definitely, but she definitely won for Christmas. Oh, so gifts. you slacked this year? Uh, no, I didn't slack. I just i I think that she, I think she really brought the house. Really, out, she beat so. the book. She yeah she beat the she beat the uh, the custom the customized uh, book which she really loved um, she almost started tearing up when she read Aww. it um, and uh, she really liked her her jacket that I got her nice. too um, but uh, but dude she got she got me all weather mats for the new car which I desperately needed oh okay um, yeah like what she has in her car when uh, I spilled water on it right exactly. Right, right. Yeah, so she got me those, and I, I desperately needed and wanted those, and I, I wasn't expecting that. 
Um, so, so that was, that was really cool. Wait, the weather, the weather mats won Christmas? Oh yeah. 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 I think so. Are you an 80 year old man in a 21 year old body? No, I just, I, I, like I, dude, it's the brand, it's the brand new car I wanted the all weather mats and like that, that was the thing that I wanted and boom, she, she delivered. I just want there to be silence. Look, she got me other stuff okay, too, okay. but I don't like, yeah, no, there was, there was other stuff as well. Um, no, I'm not, but, I'm not uh, poo-pooing the gift. Like that's a really nice, thoughtful gift. It's just, yeah, you don't, you don't wake up Christmas morning and it's like, it's that's like the um, the commercial with the uh, where the kid unboxes the insurance. It's like, oh my gosh, mom, it's insurance. Blah 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 blah. And then yeah, uh, but he, here's the, and then the other kid gets a bike and like kicks it, you know. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, I'm all about like useful gifts, you know, stuff that I can use, and I can use those all weather mats. I should have got um, Jenna a bike for Christmas. <laughs> Why? I should have because she hates bikes. It would oh. have been so fun. Sorry, sorry, that just cut you off. But it's- oh, reaction to your reaction to your gift. Yes, you know what it was, right? Yeah, so I'm yeah. a big time. I'm a big time Kings fan, obviously. And uh, my girlfriend got this custom like blueprint poster of it's got like the um, the uh, I guess data for. hear me jason no oh, i okay. can't so it's got it's got like the uh, capacity the year uh built or blah the name yeah yeah and it's got uh the outside design and it's got the um like the seating charts design as well on it um it's just it's For really classy Arena, man, yeah of golden one center and golden one center is like the yeah. greatest building of all time so don't at me yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really cool. When she when she sent it to me, she was worried that you weren't going to like it. I was like, dude, just It was stop. weird cuz she had cuz she ordered it in November. So she when she ordered it, she was like, "Oh, I think I did so well this Christmas." Like, their confidence was at an all-time high. And as the, it got closer, she was like, I, "I I don't think I did well. Oh my god, I I think I need to get you something else." Like, blah blah blah. Like she overthought it so much. She went from 0 to 100. And it was it was right. cool. I didn't. I was not expecting it at all. And I think it'll mm-hmm. look so good um, anywhere because it's so classy and it's just so me. Um, and she also got me right. a uh, a massage gun because I yep. work out so much. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you did when you were here. Oh my gosh! So I was working out at MD like four days a week. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I should, I should mention the other gifts that Brie got me. So it doesn't seem like she just got me one thing. She, uh, she got me two uh, shirts. She went cheap on you. It's all good. No, no, no. (laughs) She got me two shirts. Uh, she got me, she got me two NASA shirts, which was really cool. cool. Um, um, and then, uh, the, there's a fitness company that I love called uh, 10,000. I have two shorts from them that I absolutely love. The nice workout shorts? Favorite. Yeah, they're my favorite workout shorts, and she got me a pair of uh, pants from them, like sweatpants, workout sweatpants, and I I absolutely freaking love right. them. They're so comfortable. Um, 
So, yeah, she she brought the house. Nice. Yeah. What did you get, Jenna? So I got her um like OT themes. So I got her this uh, OT um like a uh, pullover type thing that's in yeah. it's like occupational therapy but it's in the friends design so it's got like the color dots in between each letter oh gotcha. and it's a uh it's a nice clean white and it's got um occupational therapy in the design and it's um i think i'll be there for you or something like that on it oh nice uh and then i got her a bracelet like this, this uh, a bracelet with like charms on it. It's got an OT charm, two other like sane charms, and it's got a J charm on it. And then nice. I got her um, a brain, a stuffed brain, like a stuffed animal brain. <laughs> but she loves it. Looks like a whale, but it it's a brain. It's 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 weird. Okay. It's like a it's like the it would fit the alien's head. That's how long elongated right. it is. It doesn't make any sense how that why they designed it that way, but it's that's what it is. Right. And oh, I got her a book. It's uh, how oh, nice. to or it's so so you want to be a occupational therapist. It's so you want to be a therapist for occupational and physical therapist. She already has done oh, most nice. of it on it, but it was just something cute, a little extra. You know, every every Christmas got to have a, a theme, extra. man. That's my one my one. Uh, because I think I I pride myself I think a little bit on uh on being a good gift giver sometimes. Yeah. Um. And every year's gotta have a theme, man. Yeah. No. I uh I I think I'm a pretty good gift giver as well. But I and you talk about every year's gotta have a theme. I try to go off of people's Christmas lists. So like if so if they if they put something on their Christmas list, then I make sure to not get that one thing. I leave. I leave that up to other people who like don't know what to get and I like okay like we know you're going to get this from somebody else or somebody else and I like to go out shopping for things that people just like it wasn't on their list or it never crossed their mind so when they open it they're like oh god like I just I had no idea that this is what you were going to get me so which makes it difficult yeah your kids are going to hate you but yeah that's cool no, I'll just leave. I'll just leave that um, For grandma and to grandma. other people. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll do other stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, Jay. Um, what is what is uh what is your kid's name going to be? Does it matter? Hey, Jay. What's I, a, I what's Jimmy know. want for Christmas? Oh, a PS Seven. Oh, how much <laughs> is that? Two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you're not going to get it for him? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm going to get I actually mentioned, I'm gonna... mentioned to him that you guys were going to get it for him. So, yeah. Yeah. Still... I was thinking, he really likes oranges. So I was thinking something citrusy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tropicana <laughs> bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, Maybe uh, his, his mom's parents, they were going to get him an Xbox 7000 this year and that's like yeah. three thousand dollars so if you want to win the race of best grandparents you better yeah. sack up pick it up okay yeah, get, it up. i guess we'll just take out a second mortgage on the house huh you're like thanks dad <laughs> oh that was supposed to be your mom that wouldn't be your, your dad's voice i guess i guess we'll get that uh your dad doesn't still <laughs> listen to the show right uh no uh, sometimes yeah. No, I hope he I hope he listens to that part. 
Hi, Aaron. He won't get to the he won't get to the very okay. end. So, so and neither will a lot of people. But if you are still here with us, we really do appreciate it, and thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas and a happy New Year. Welcome to 2021, and it's going to be another great year of uh, making some shows. Let it be, let it be, baby, just let okay. it be. All right, well, we'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you guys. Yeah. <laughs>